Okay, like most of the papers I handed in in high school and in college, I'm a little bit late here coming back to you after Thursday night. Patriots lose 24 to 10 to the Bills, but if I'm being honest, I don't think you really wanted to hear about a film review from that game anytime soon. So I took my time and here we are. Now, by the time you hear this, as we record on a Monday night, it's probably Tuesday at the earliest. So that film is now five days old. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time about that. I will hit some key points I unearthed from rewatching the game twice over, charting all the normal stuff we talk about. But most of this podcast is going to be looking ahead and starting with a conversation I had with a officially anonymous NFL executive working in a front office whose team played the Patriots earlier this season. And I wanted to get his thoughts on the team as it is now and the potential fixes in the offseason because, look, you're 6-6. Six and six, The Patriots still have a 25% chance to make the playoffs according to 538. But if we're being honest here, we've got an eye at least a little bit on free agency, not the draft, not going to get too crazy, but what this team is going to look like next year, because it should be better. It has to be better if they want to make the leap back to contention, because if that Bills game told us anything, it's at the gap between the Patriots and teams like Buffalo and Kansas City. And it looks like Cincinnati now is very stark and clear and obvious. And if they're going to bridge that, it's going to take a lot of work. Now, the last part will be the odds I just mentioned, 25%. For the Patriots, according to 538, two big games. I don't have to tell you that, starting with Arizona on a Monday night. Strange matchup game, not a lot of history here. They played each other two years ago. That game's not super relevant, but, God, it was hideous. If you think back to that game, Cam Newton is throwing passes in the ground from the start. Cardinals miss a field goal late. They give a penalty to Cam Newton, hitting him late and out of bounds. Sets up Nick Folk, uh, Nick Folk with a 50-yard field goal, and they win. But that game and then the follow-up to Vegas, which might be a loser-leaves-town game in Week 15, now flexed out from Sunday night. We'll go through the scenarios. If they win at Arizona, lose at Vegas. If they go 2-0, they go 0-2. Who are you rooting for? And that'll be the last part of the pod. So we got Bill's film review, my conversation with a front office executive, and then playoff scenarios. All right, let's get to it. So uh, eating our vegetables first, Bill's Pats film review. Look, this game, as I mentioned, showed why the Patriots are behind teams like Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, et cetera. And it starts on the perimeter where Jonathan Jones might've been the top ranked corner at PFF or a top five guy for most of the season. That did not matter when he is giving up close to 10 catches to the likes of Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis over a game where Jonathan Jones obviously did his best and it just wasn't good enough for a second straight week. Now we can quibble and should, with the coaching of how much, you know, of your secondary resources, you're going to devote to a guy like Stefan Diggs. But when he has, as Justin Jefferson did, the game-opening touchdown and then three third-down conversions in the second half, it's a coaching failure. But ultimately, at some point, you just need better guys on the outside. And this was a problem we suspected back in the preseason and hasn't really come to hurt the Patriots until now. You could talk about, oh, you could play a little bit more zone or, you know, a little bit more match coverage. Bottom line, there's not an answer for a guy in Diggs and Josh Allen, who are probably top five, at worst, top eight to ten, respectively, at their positions, because that's what won them the game. The Bills are much better at those high-leverage positions, and obviously in the high-leverage moments where, as Kendrick Bourne was talking about postgame, what do they have, 30 first downs and we had eight? It starts with those guys. I mentioned Josh Allen. This was not among his best performances. He finally... Uh, tried to give the ball away and did to the Patriots. Uh, Their first punt in two and a half games came after he threw the ball twice to the Patriots 
went off their hands, fell into the ground. The drive after that, strip sack from Josh Uche, who we've talked about it finally. It happened. We're there. The Josh Uche breakout is real. But the Patriots should have held on to those passes because, you know, A, it's a good thing. And it was the only way they're coming back in this game because they got what they wanted. And we can talk about digs, and there's a difference there, and there's nothing you can do about that now. But the coaching game plan was to have the Bills eventually run the ball, and they did because the Patriots come out, dime personnel on 80% of their snaps in the first two drives. So the Bills go down and score 10 points. You say, well, that game plan didn't work. Well, the thing is, over their next eight possessions, they just get 14 points, and the Bills are running the ball. And, yeah, they controlled the clock and they dominated the clock. But ultimately, if you hold that offense to 24 points, that's a success. The Patriots got the Bills to buy into, as Belichick very famously did about 30-plus years ago in the Super Bowl, to running the ball and not be as explosive downfield as they would have been had Josh Allen thrown it a little bit more and found Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis, who obviously had the other touchdown and a third down play that was just freaking preposterous from Josh Allen. So defensively, Patriots got the game that they wanted from Buffalo. Offensively, similar deal. Kendrick Bourne, another thing that he mentioned, and it kind of went under the radar, was that no Von Miller, no Micah Hyde. This Bill's defense played a softer scheme. It was all drop back. One of their few blitzes was the touchdown of Marcus Jones in an RPO. Quick bubble. He outraces everyone in the end zone because they were blitzing, and he filled that void. But otherwise, they just sat back. And the quick game should have worked against that. But for many, many reasons, which have been covered countless times, poor fundamental coaching from like some Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and elsewhere, the Patriots just can't get it in their own way. But the worst part about it was, as we just detailed defensively and then offensively, where the Bills aren't even manning up. They played four snaps of man coverage, which is how they had kind of been choking the Patriots out really in their last two matchups, just lining up and covering them. They only played four snaps of that, and the Patriots couldn't get it to work. But they got the game plan they wanted from Buffalo, and they couldn't exploit it. So, look, I think the Patriots have been outcoached worse by Buffalo in the past. They were to a degree. I actually kind of like the opening script from Matt Patricia. When you go down and the play call had five of nine in terms of his first nine calls, five were play action or RPOs. But from there, obviously, it spiraled. They weren't aggressive enough. And you could go to the offensive line or even the tight ends for the running backs or the receivers. None of it was good enough. Like, Ronda Stevenson fumbled. You're not getting a best game from your best player. It was over. Their best player showed up. And in between, you know, the game was probably closer than it should have been because of the way you got them to play the game on your terms, and yet you just still couldn't overcome. Hey, guys, we're going to hit pause in the Patriots here for just a second to talk about something really important, and that's bedtime stories. Yes, the tales that had us feeling cozy in our bed and ready for a good night's sleep. Some of us enjoyed a fair tale ending, maybe hitting a walk-off home run or scoring a game-winning touchdown. So why shouldn't we have the same comfortable feelings when we try to go to sleep as adults as we drift off to sleep? Because the Calm App's immersive sleep stories make falling into relaxed and restorative slumber a breeze, bringing you back to the well-rested nights of childhood and hitting those homers and scoring those touchdowns. And I'm super excited to announce we're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. For the last year plus, it's helped me reduce stress and anxiety through things like guided meditation. It helps improve your focus with curated music tracks and help you rest and recharge with those imaginative sleep stories can work for kids or adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. And right now, if you go to calm.com backslash garden, you will get a special offer of 40% off, 4-0, of a Calm premium subscription 
where new content is added every single week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds because it is always ready on long days or short ones to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. So for listeners of this show, Pat's Interference, the best-looking Patriots fans and smartest around, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a premium subscription at calm.com backslash garden. Go to calm.com slash garden for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash garden. So that's about it for Pat's Bills. Moving on. Um, the executive. So I, this is conversations like this. Hey, it's great to have these relationships around the league because you get to obviously test out things that you might, you know, think to yourself or say on a podcast or on TV or radio and actually throw them up, you know, against the wall and have that wall tell you whether or not it should stick. And in this case, this is someone who's been in the league a long time, whose opinion, obviously, I respect. And sometimes you want to go more micro, like oh, how close is this matchup or what should they do in free agency, blah, blah, blah. But I think the best course of action when you get a few minutes with someone like this is just go macro as possible. Look, is Mac Jones a franchise quarterback? And you can read his answer to that question because part of this, well, this entire Q&A is up on the bostonherald.com. I'm going to give you a sampling of some other answers because another one that I asked him was just, okay, taking Mac off the table because we know that conversation is complicated between Matt Patricia, you know, Joe Judge, everything else that's going on. What is their big problem offensively? And this executive told me, quote, there's just not a lot there that scares you. And that's really it. Ramondre Stevenson, obviously, has taken a big step. But other than that, there's not a lot there. I mean, Parker's a good player. But from a personnel standpoint, if you're comparing them to the upper echelon of the AFC offensively, they're not in that class. And this isn't news breaking or anything, but they don't have anything like those teams do. So you just don't have the horses. We talked about it. I mean, I just hit on it. Teams have said, we'll play more man coverage against you than we do against any other team. And it'll work because your receivers, even a guy like Parker, who got a shout out from this front office exec, just can't separate. Moving on. Said, do you think the Patriots defense is good enough to carry them the rest of the season? I know the conversations now is, you know, again, kind of, had they been exposed against good quarterbacks? Obviously those numbers are going to go down because they do for every defense against good quarterbacks. So you don't want to ask again, more micro has, you know, the two game skid that they've been on more representative of who this defense is. It's just zoom out. How good is this defense? He said, well, look, they've got a good front. Again, this is all in quotes between Judon and Jeter twice having career years. They've got better speed in the back end and a great safety group. I just think ultimately it's an offensive league with rules that are set for offense. And outside of having completely dominant players everywhere, you can't win consistently like that. New England's defense is certainly good enough that if their offense was putting up points, they compete at a high level. But teams have also had some success against them in the run game, which matters in December and January. And that's what their season might come down to if the offense can't pick it up. So, yeah, it's good enough if your offense is average is what that answer basically boils down to. But because your offense is bad and pick your metric, you know, uh, 20th in scoring now, 18th in yards per play, 25th in DBOA, it's bad. Last thing from him, and there were more answers to this, Patriots are currently last in the division standings. I asked him, does their roster talent also rank last in the AFC? The exec says, yes. And that was it. Like, ideally in a Q&A, you get the answer longer than just yes, but that's all he had. So uh, we'll give you a bonus. Looking ahead, the Patriots will have the third most cap space next offseason. I don't tell him this. This is also where you kind of write it out to explain to folks who aren't listening to the pod. And do you see a quick fix for them 
to kind of return to contention. Zach said, quote, no, not to get to a talent level that's going to match and go toe for toe with the upper echelon of the AFC. Uh, talent wise, I don't think they're that close. Well, there you have it. So again, not to get too down coming off a game where Buffalo clearly, clearly is a much better, more well-rounded and certainly well-coached team. Um, I'm a little more optimistic about the quick fix because I think internally, if you're able to, you know, again, this gets complicated and touches other areas like coaching. If you bring in some more experienced offensive coaches, Bill O'Brien's been floated out there. That will bring Mac up, who in turn, as a quarterback, will help elevate the rest of the offense. And with all that cap space, I do think they've got some maneuverability to either take on players who from, you know, two free agencies ago, uh, teams are going to look to offload because, you know, this is where most contracts are backloaded in the NFL. If those teams don't want to take on those cap hits, maybe the Patriots become a landing spot for those players who are still good, but maybe not up to the contract that the team that currently has them. And you look specifically in the wide receiver market, even some of the guys, you know, signed this past off season, Patriots might say, yeah, we'll take them because either you negotiate some of the money down and you split the cost of whatever that cap it will be um, or have some sort of other machinations where you can take advantage of the cap space is basically what I'm saying without signing for agents outright. And I think the Patriots will get creative there. But I mean, it's it's the elite positions that we talked about before. High leverage quarterback, wide receiver and corner. The Bills are better. All three of those on Thursday night and the Patriots need to upgrade all three of those. Uh, moving forward. Hey guys, just a quick break to remind you, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live score, not only for football and basketball, but you can get on there for NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50%, that's 5-0, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50, CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, now let's finish up with some fun. As promised, Patriots playoff odds. You can go to a lot of different places for your playoff odds and, and where you're at. And, you know, the thing I like about 538 is, A, obviously they measure in all of this and not just inside the arena of the NFL. Like I cite football outsiders as much, if not more than anyone. You know, ESPN's got their FPI. They've been tinkering with that. They do the same thing with basketball and the BPI around March Madness. But 538 majors in all of this stuff, sports, politics, and elsewhere and their website for their projections is also interactive. So you can say, if you go to, again, their website, you know, the Patriots win at Arizona their next game, but lose at Vegas, what will the odds be? And you can do this with every single team in the league for their next two games and see the odds update live as you go. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Patriots odds are 25%. Staying and starting simple, and we'll go out to the next two weeks, we'll look around the AFC and see how these things change, but let's start small here. If the Patriots just win at Arizona on Monday night, the odds, according to 538, will go from 25% to 40%. Obviously a big bump. If they go to Vegas then and win, so you're 2-0 out West, Monday night game against the Cardinals, then a short week, they're going to stay out in Arizona, practice there, and then play against Las Vegas. You beat the Raiders, your odds go up to 64%. Now, if you go one and one and this doesn't matter which game you win and which game you lose, their odds, according to 538, will stay somewhere between 20% and 26%. So you're basically right where you are if you go one and one over this stretch. 
with your three toughest opponents still to play. They're going to play the Bengals at home, the Dolphins at home, and then finish at Buffalo. Not a great spot to be in. You need to make up ground here against the two worst teams left in your schedule, even if they're on the road and you're practicing on the road. And one of those games is on a short week because you just can't count on beating three teams that right now are appreciably better, as we just heard from an NFL exec, um, at least talent-wise. So if you go 2-0 and over the next two games, that's up to 64%. If you go 1-1, one one, it stays basically at 25% right where you are now. If you go 0-2, you're out of there. 3% at that point. Look, I am of the belief in school that no game is a must-win until statistically it is a must-win. If that's a 3% and you've got an offense like the Patriots do now, it's call it. Time of death will be week 15 at Las Vegas. Now, when you look elsewhere, as I mentioned, on this website, 538, you can check, uh, you know, if the, if the Jets lose at Buffalo their game this week, then the Lions, what do the Patriots odds do? There's no one team that I found where if you have them losing out or winning out, if you're a Patriots fan, you just get on that bandwagon or start rooting against them because it'll really help the Patriots. Like five weeks is still too much left to figure out what's going to happen. And you don't need to go far back in time to find an example where things can totally fall apart or change for a team, you know, for the better, where the Patriots were, of course, the number one seed in the AFC last year after beating Buffalo in Buffalo and then go one and three down the stretch and get housed by the Bills. On the flip side, the Bengals, not considered serious at all, make a run over that same stretch and go all the way to the Super Bowl. So the thing I will say is, though, is the Patriots being six and six in the first team out in the AFC playoff picture, tied with the Chargers, but they have obviously the tiebreaker with them, is that you can root against the Jets like you normally do and do it even harder because they're seven and five. They've got the last wild card spot. The Patriots, having swept them, have the tiebreaker. And the Patriots' odds change most when you change the Jets' schedule for the better or worse moving forward. So let's do this here live now. Let's say the Patriots beat Arizona, right? Told you it goes from 25% up to 40%, and the Jets, who are playing at Buffalo, lose. The Patriots' odds then go up just to 42%, but if the Jets win at Buffalo, the Patriots' odds go down to 34 It's not a huge dent, but something the Patriots obviously can't have, afford to have happen. Now let's say the Jets win their next two. The Patriots' odds, even after beating Arizona, will have gone from 40% down to 29 so this is where, again, there's not a huge seismic shift, but if you're going to pick a team to root for, and you probably didn't even need 30, 538 to figure this out, it's going to be the Jets because they're one game ahead of you in the standings, in the division, and you have a tiebreaker over them. Whereas the other two teams in the wild card right now are the Bengals and Dolphins, who at least lucky for you, the Patriots, you get to play and have some sort of control over your fate down the stretch, but they're eight and four. They're two games up against you, obviously much more talent. And so you can fiddle around with the rest. I'm not going to go through any more scenarios. Just understand that, obviously, as you would expect, these two games are big. Their playoff odds can go as high as basically 64%. And if they don't, you're probably going to need to win two of your last three games against the Bengals, Bills, and Miami to win out. So 10-7 is basically going to cut it for the Patriots playoff picture. We'll probably do this again, again, when we have a little bit more information. Um, until then, we're going to have a pod later in the week. With Ty Dunn is going to come back. He was in town last week before the Bills game. Talked to Matt Judon. Has a feature coming out about him. And I want to get you know his perspective on things where we're around the team all the time, talking day to day with the different guys. You know, someone who kind of parachutes in and does really good work like Ty does. Um, 
you know, what, what did he get a sense of that locker room compared to other ones that he's been in? And then also his book, you will get a free copy of his book, the blood and guts, how tight ends say football. Um, if you listen to our next pod and find out exactly what Ty says, cause he's told me, but I don't want to guarantee exactly uh, what you do, but free book uh, coming to you next week on Pat's interference. We're a little bit late, but instead of handing in a paper late, like we did today, you'll have a free book next time. So that'll do it. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I know there wasn't a whole lot of film review here. I posted my review to the website as I do every single week. We will take mailbag questions next week and have a non, uh, you know, fun new segment because, let's be honest, previewing the Cardinals game is not going to be as, as fun as we think. Uh, beyond making maybe Kyler Murray jokes about playing more Call of Duty. So until then, duty's calling elsewhere. We'll see you next time.